0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of my podcast. It's me, Jill, and thank you very much for tuning in. Um, today is an extra special episode and one that I I want to say was excited but I guess a little bit apprehensive as well um, about doing because it's not only, I guess, um, an interview with another person about their personal journey but I'm also talking a little bit um, about something quite personal to myself as well as this Person that is on my podcast, and that person is um, Mona Shahab. And if you're living in the Middle East, you probably have heard of Mona. Um, Mona's a really dear friend of mine. I've known her. <clears throat> I've known her for the past seven years, and we've done many a fitness challenge together. And um, she's just such a pleasure to be around. Um, she is. She's a rock. Let's learn a little bit more about Mona. So Mona is a clinical psychologist by profession and really an adventurer by birth. And if she's not on a mountain, Mona is either training for one or sort of immersed behind the computer analyzing data for um, her next big mountain. Um, Her previous one was Mount Everest, if you didn't know. She's currently doing her PhD in clinical psychology in Leiden University, and um, she also is working in a clinic with refugees and undocumented people there. She's delved deeply into looking at childhood maltreatment and its effects on social functioning in adulthood. Um, That being said, her passion is focused on trauma-focused therapy in um, refugee and undocumented population. Independent from one another, Mona also works part-time as a clinical psychologist in two different clinics in Holland. And most of her her clients that she deals with have complex trauma combined with other mental disorders. Prior to um, moving away, which saddened us all, to do her PhD, Mona worked extensively um, on the Saudi National Mental Health Survey at King Salman Centre for Disability and Research and is now a co-investigator and consultant on the project. She does extensive work for the humanitarian field, um, be it through her climbs, her volunteer work, and as an executive manager um, at Al-Walid Philanthropies. After obtaining her undergrad and master's degree in Boston, Mona worked at a children's hospital in the developmental medicine centre for two and a half years, and her passion for fitness and paying it forward led her to co-found the Empowerment Hub, which was a grassroots initiative that focused on fitness and health And in youth and women in the kingdom at a time when there was no focus on female education um, and sports in general Um, and that's really you know I want to say well I was involved with Mona on some of those projects as well and it was such um, a wonderful time to be part of something new within the kingdom. Mona is sort of like a a trailblazer in many of things and um, I'm sure Saudi will be are gonna welcome her back with open arms once she finishes her PhD. And without further ado, guys, I'm gonna bring this podcast to you. Um, it is quite a personal one. Um, so I really hope that you enjoy it. And let's introduce Mona. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast where I am joined here today by Miss Mona Shahab, my best friend, well, one of my best friends, all the way from Saudi, but living in the Netherlands. And today, um, it's a kind of a joint podcast where we're going to be talking to you, I guess, a little bit about something non-fitness, but affects a lot of people in fitness, and often a lot of the times, not very well talked about, and often has a, little bit of, a lot of stigma attached around it, and that is um, eating disorders. Drop the pin. <laughs> Welcome, Mona.
1: Thank you, Jill. Thank you for having me. and. Um I just want to tell everyone, do not believe anything that Jill says, because that introduction is way more than I deserve, and she showers everyone with more than he or she deserves. Thank you, Jillers. You're welcome. And I couldn't find a better person to discuss such a topic with. So thank you.
0: Yeah, it's um, kind of like bringing it back. Myself and Mona have maybe talked over the past couple of weeks about coming on and doing this, and it was a lot of back and forth and him and Han and do We don't, we do, we don't, we and um, I guess we kind of just said, Well, you know, why not? It's like whenever we say, Well, why would you do that? Well, why wouldn't you do it? You know, and I think, like all the other podcasts that I've been, you know, very fortunate to record, if at least one person can take something positive away from this here, then this conversation that we're about to have and this story to tell, then it's going to have a good effect on somebody else. And um, yeah, so so eating disorders, like, what are they? <laughs> Um, not, not laughing at all. It's kind of, this is going to be a nervous thing because this is something that's obviously very personal to myself as well as, as well. So, um, you know, do take it very, very lightly what, what we're going to talk about and seriously at the same time. Um,
1: and we're also really putting ourselves out there by, you know, by doing this. And it, I think it, it shows, it's just a reminder to, you know, to, to you and I, drillers and to everyone else that we're only human, you know, and...
0: That's it. Yeah yeah talking about this subject of one that's you know we've both been affected by in some way shape or form and given you know maybe the jobs that we have we might be looked upon as people that might not actually have you know suffered um you know such a such a a a mental issue at a certain time in our in our our lives but you know we have and and you know we're gonna tell you a little bit about our experiences with that you know maybe how it happened and some of the not I want to say funny stories now but not so funny stories then of how happened. and I guess high in a way that you know we're currently living with it because I think like most things whether it's an injury that you have or anything with mental health that it never it never goes away you just learn to get really good at controlling it and how you're I know you know um, how you manage that so and you know there's not a one glove fits all for how you know how you classify. The, the the disorder because like me and you have just spoken before this and we're both very very different but you know um so that's kind of what we want to highlight um so if we are talking about eating disorders obviously it is a, it's a psychological um it's a, it's a mental health disease
1: disorder yep
0: and well, you're probably better equipped to introduce this given that um, you're a psychologist <laughs>
1: no, but, i mean you, i'm sure we both know the same the same information when it comes to this so yeah so it's a mental health Disorder, it affects, uh, in general, women more than men. You have different types, you know, of mental health, dis- uh, sorry, eating disorders. So you have um, anorexia, where the, it's, you know, uh, one restricts um, the, uh, the body from, um, you know, food and calories um, and when when you look, um, well, I'll use simple terms and lay terms. So you look at yourself at the mirror, and even though you're underweight, you can literally pinpoint and see what you don't like in your body, and you 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 see yourself as fat, you feel fat, you know. There's there's like you're you see your body deformed. Yeah, that's one side. Bulimia is basically you know hoarding food and then purging. Yep. Basically, uh, binge eating is basically eating hoarding a lot of food and um basically not doing anything about it um so no purging you don't we don't take no taking no no laxatives uh no excessive exercise and again just going back to bulimia so it could also so you one could purge one could take laxatives Mm -hmm. uh, one could um exercise excessively so there are different types of kind of like uh how to get rid of uh the food that we've just eaten and uh, big amounts uh, yeah. and then you have you have some other some other forms um, of eating disorders but those are kind of like the three main
0: yeah things. and you have kind of like subcategories sub subcategories that kind of filter in, in and along that And I mean if I look at it myself of you know the, the mean one you know there wouldn't be I guess I wouldn't wouldn't fall categorically in this one it would be it would kind of like be a hybrid of, of a little bit of them all mm-hmm. uh, with some additional things that might not fall into, you know, the some of the the, the uh, what's the word? What? Um some of the effects or some of the, the symptoms. Mm-hmm. symptoms. Symptoms. Yeah. Of the symptoms of it, you know. Um but I think you're right. Like I mean it's um you know it is it is something that's very prevalent, I think, especially in younger, um, in the younger age, especially females, um, especially in in Western Europe, I think that's pretty, you know, stats so that it would be definitely a lot prevalent there. Um, and yeah. I honestly
1: think, Jill, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I honestly think even in, even in like the, the Arab world, at least in, in the GCC countries or in Saudi, I should say. Yeah. I, mean, I think one of the reasons why it's, we don't really, I mean, actually, we, 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 we will find out exactly the prevalence because the Saudi National Mental Health Study actually um, did include eating disorders in, um, in the survey, which will be coming out very soon, the publication. Um, but because, again, uh, community research was in the past very rare, and it's underreported. There's so so much stigma around it that yeah. it's like unheard of. But I remember, because I had an eating disorder early on, um, I remember like whenever, and then, you know, I traveled and I was studying abroad whenever I'd go back to Saudi during Christmas vacations, you know, when I'd see like some of my friends or even like random girls again, because I, 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 I went through it. I had just overcome it to a certain extent. I could pinpoint, you know, like girls who were struggling, yeah. but again, it's kind of like you don't talk about it. It's unseen. And especially with bulimia, it's something very easy hide because you're eating normally
0: yeah and then after it's not yeah
1: Yeah. but you're right in terms of of stats out there it is it is more common obviously in the western in the western world
0: yeah and it's 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 scary like i mean it is it is you know high up there on the list of um the most prevalent mental health disorders and obviously not certain you know there are adverse very bad adverse effects of them. You know, if you're looking especially at anorexia, I mean the mortality rate is quite high depending on on how much, you know, how affected you are by it. But I mean other things with, with bulimia, you know, gastrointestinal problems and things like that, there are massive. Um yeah, and, and I think and I think like everything, it's like, uh, you know, we're always trying to educate ourselves on what to do and what not to do to make ourselves healthy. But whenever you're in that situation, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like you don't care about the long term effects. It's you know it's it's what now and what you can control.
2: Definitely.
0: I mean, I guess if we were to kind of kick off with guess you know explaining a little bit of not a little, kind of like introducing you know when it both ha- when it happened maybe how it happened is there a trigger is there a trigger what kind of happened um like for myself, I know that we had a, we had a little chat before here and we were kind of going through some things but like like I think during my early teenage years, you know um I was really outgoing into absolutely everything had I want to say had no issues but literally had no issues just didn't care what was happening and I guess whenever I was 16 I was getting quite tall um I look a little bit older and I hold older friends and they started to invite me out places that you know I shouldn't be going um I hope I don't get arrested um but yeah you started to go out and you started dressing up and you know you always said to yourself oh I just I'd feel a little bit more comfortable if I was you know a little bit, you know, flatter or my legs were a little bit smaller, or, you know, when I sit down, my belly didn't do this. Right. So, you know, you go on what you think is, is a healthy diet and you start to see, you know, oh God, wow, you know, like I, I lost a couple of pounds there. And, you know, you know, people, you're right, start start paying you compliments, you start getting attention that you never got to. And I don't know. I honestly don't I can't actually pinpoint it to one thing. It's almost just like a switch. A switch flicked and I'm like like for me, I have quite a, quite a, a, per, a person. I like regiment. I like routine. I like schedule. I've always been like that. And I think this has just, you know, it, it just manifested because of that. And it's almost like I can control this. And if, if I got this, I don't care what is happening around me. Like, I, like, like Corona could be happening. <laughs> and I don't care because all I care about is whenever I get on those scales, it's yeah. there or that number's going down. If that number goes up, God love everybody in the house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Poor mom and dad. Poor mom and dad. <laughs>
0: I, yeah. Like, so for me, it was, you know, it was, it was probably from a young age where, you know, from probably from 16 up until 18, yeah. uh, for me, things were, were not great, you know, and, you know, not only with that, but also choices that I, that I made. Yeah. You know, like dropping out of school, um, not going back to school um all of these things but at the time i was just like no it's fine it's fine um yeah but, but but for me it was just it was literally just not it was just not eating i wasn't even exercising it was just controlling what was going into my mouth. so it wasn't the fact that i was eating loads or i was binging i was purging it was just it was just that control yeah um
1: so you really were restricting yourself
0: yeah 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 it was like restricting. and it was like it, you just you had everything timed to a t of what it was when it was how cold it was how hot it was all these these, you're nodding your head going yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah." exactly because also like from from you know from a from a from a you know mental health perspective eating disorders are you know very much correlated with some personality traits And one of them is perfectionism so a lot of what that does who we what what (laughs) 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 so you know um so yeah it goes hand in hand with it so I think jewelers. so I can kind of relate to kind of like how, you know, how kind of like Ed, I would say, befriended you, eating disorders, Ed, call him Ed. Awesome. So the way it happened for me was somewhat similar. So I remember like back when I was in school, um, we actually had school during Ramadan, unlike now when they have like four weeks off, you know, because it's Ramadan. So we went to school for two weeks and then um, the rest of Ramadan plus Eid was, was vacation. And back then my sleeping habits were horrible. I actually slept, Jugglers. I actually slept. But I would sleep, like, let's say, at like, I don't know, 8 a.m. And I would wake up literally before Maghrib prayer, like in like five minutes, right? Okay, yeah, you know, they wake you up, you, you, you get up, you pray, and then you go back to sleep. I used to sleep like a baby. So, and back home, like during Ramadan, my mom, my mom's the type that we have the main meal as soon as we break our fast. So we don't have like, you know, soup and then, you know, you have dinner at like 9 p.m. No, we would eat and you just woke up. So there's no appetite. I have no appetite to eat. So I would just have a bit and then that was it. And I was never the type that I liked to eat alone. So even if I get hungry later, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just have suhoor with, with my dad. And suhoor was always light. There was like cheese and watermelon and like, you know, cause he's diabetic. And it was always at around 11, 30, 12 a.m. max. So I went back to school and, and I used to train. But train regularly. I've always been, I've always loved, you know, fitness. And I was always athletic. Um, so I went back to school and was like, whoa, Mona, like, you look super lean and super, like, you know, slim and, like, you know, you look good. Yeah. And I like, ooh, kind of feels good. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Compliment here, compliment there. Compliment here, compliment there. And just like what you said, I was, I think I was pretty, pretty outgoing. Um... I was confident, never had problems with like being chubby or being a bit overweight. I was always normal, average, healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I started to to eat healthy and my eating healthy kind of like became really controlling the portions of what I eat and then controlling the portions. I never really had breakfast to begin with. I'd have like carrot juice that my mom would force me to drink. That's why I could not drink carrot juice anymore alone. And then we started to have, forget about dinner, lunch became like a salad and a small piece of protein, and then it became an apple. I started to, believe it or not, um, get rid of food by saying that I want to eat alone because I have a lot to study, because I usually study as soon as I, as soon as I come back from school, I have lunch, then I study. So I'd use that as an, as an excuse, and yeah, I would get rid of food, either throw it, in the trash can or flush it down the toilet so like and 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 it manifested and it grew and it grew and i got more and more compliments but then the compliments started to be like wait a minute yeah where is this going you know my father's my father my father and sister are both like physicians and they're like what's going on but again that's how it started unexpected yeah not intent not intentional at all but so that's why now when I, when I see someone who, for example, has lost weight, I'm, I'm very careful or I try to be careful with what I say and how I compliment the person yeah. because it, it's a double-edged sword.
2: It is, it
0: is. And honestly, Mona, it's still something like I really struggle to talk to people. Like it's different out of a fitness consultation or speaking and, about fat loss. And I can give you advice all under the sun because I'm, you know. Maybe that's what spurred me to be that because I just wanted to learn everything about the body. But in a, in a, in a normal gathering situation, if I've seen someone that they've lost weight or that they've gained weight or whatever, I would never comment. Yeah. I just felt like I don't want to comment, you know, because it's just, it, it's, this topic is not something that I really enjoy talking about a lot, you know,
1: um, but it, <laughs> And and I agree, you know, and, and for me, because I, so I was anorexic, right. And I, I, I got sick and tired of people telling me you're eat, eat, eat. And I saw how it was affecting my dad, you know, my parents. And I was like, you know what? Okay. What's another way for me to still control you know, again, I'm in control of my food, but I'm not in control of my thoughts. And that's kind of like the, the, the fight, you know, with Ed eating disorders. So I became bulimic because whatever I'll eat in front of people and then I'll go and I'll, sorry, but stick my finger down my, 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 my throat and, and purge. And, you know, that And that kind of like, I was trying to like, you know, I'm like, I was trying to be smart because yeah, people are not going to figure it out. I'm still eating in front of them. So how are they going to know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it didn't take them long before they figured out that my God, she's still the same weight, if not even losing more weight, what's going on.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's, 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 yeah, it's, and I, and I, I, I I put, not only did I put myself in, in, um, in misery, but I dragged my family through it as well, you yeah. know, back then, maybe not knowing when I was in it, but you know, when you step, when you step out of kind of like the box that you're in and, and you, you, and you also, you're willing to hear what they say, it was tough because again, it's all mental. It's all in your head. It
0: is tough. Cause I think I think whenever you're there, like, you know, when you're in, you know, the clear light, the only thing that you're really concerned about, it's almost like, if I just get there, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to eat normal again. Like, that's totally cool. Like, and, and, and it's almost like you try to, you know, convince yourself over and over again every day. That it's, just, it's just another couple of days. Once you get to that, that time, that, that weight, that, that appearance, that time when I feel happy in my body, everything's going to But, you know, you never really get to that you know and it's not until and I, and I guess like when we talk about you know how you come out of it to a certain extent or how you you know like i never i never seek professional help for anything that, that that you know that i was going through oh you know just my mom and dad god bless their souls um
1: <laughs> we love mom and dad
0: <laughs> but like um I think like for me, like, whereas, you know, I never, you said you kind of switched from, from one to another because, you know, you, 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 you know, people were saying, you know, you're not eating or whatever. Like for me, I guess it was whenever I was 18, you know, and I I wanted to join the police and I had to go for a medical and I was like underweight, totally underweight. Um, and I knew I had to gain weight in order to go to the police. And part of me, this is going to sound really weird, but part of me was just like, it's okay because I need to do it and I'm still able to control something because it's still my weight, my control. And so even if I gain weight, it's okay because I'm still in control. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a, it was a control thing. Um, You know, and then I obviously find exercise Mm -hmm. and exercise was kind of like my secondary controlling measure where I knew if I, you know, like I I remember it, I remember one day when I was in the place, like, if I didn't get a certain amount of exercise in, Mm -hmm. it was like the be all and end all. So I, I would have came off a night shift and I'm like, I'm going for a run. <laughs> I'm
1: Get my exercise in.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, remember I, I was like driving home one day and I was just like, I was like, i already falling asleep at the wheel and I got home still managed to go out for like a three or four mile run before I went into bed. And it's like you said, I just slept until I needed to get up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you kind of go through like, like waves of, you know, things are, things are okay and you're kind of dealing with it. And, and you can never really, I don't know what it is. It's just almost like a switch and it kind of like pushes you back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that kind of, for me, that was kind of ongoing up until maybe I was around about 24 um mm-hmm. five. And yeah. what changed for me was like, obviously I was living in Saudi at that time. And it's going to sound weird, I think to a certain extent, moving to Saudi kind of saved me. Thank you, Saudi. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, maybe it was just because I was, I was taken out of the environment that I was so used to that I had all these things associated with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things just, things just changed. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I mean, touch wood. Um, yeah, I, I hope, I hope the trigger doesn't go off again. Cause I can't really clap. I can't really put it towards anything, but you know, um, yeah, I, I think just that, that, and also friend and, and friendships. Like I said, I think during that time, I kind of like switched off from a lot of people. So the only person I was with was me. Whereas whenever I moved across, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I had to live with people. <laughs> I had to be with people all the time. And honestly, as hard as that was sometimes, it was probably like the best thing that ever happened to me. So for me, like I definitely would say, you know, if, if it is something that's happening, whether or not you don't have to tell people about it, but I think being around people and distracting yourself from Ed in your head.
1: Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, so, so, but Jiller, so for, like when you say like, so you didn't seek professional help and I'll, I'll get to, to, to my part in a tiny bit. So when you say it kind of like, you know, gradually you, 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 you were able to unfriend Ed, right. Unfriend yeah. um, uh, your eating disorder. Did, can, like kind of like rewinding the tape somewhat. Can you, can you kind of like, Do you remember how long it took you? I probably to reach to reach to reach a point where you felt you know what I feel like I'm healthy. She's counting.
0: I'm counting on my fingers here.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'd probably say from the ages of 16
0: up until 25. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's like almost nine years of my, of my life did. But I mean, it wasn't all like every day was terrible. Like Mm -hmm. there there was ups and downs and there was, there was goods. And then I don't know, something, something, something would happen. Mm -hmm. Something that I didn't, couldn't control out here. So I'm just going to control this.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: No. Yeah. So I'd probably say around about nine years and I think what kind of, like what shifted it was, was the move. And I guess like, changing my just changing my perception on things as well like um what when it comes when it came to fitness maybe before like and probably actually being a fitness coach was able to you know make me change my ways because if I'm you know if I'm preaching to you what you should be doing if I'm not able to see it then then I feel like oh you know that's silly and then it's like well it is it is it's it's not silly but like it's you know it's something that you can overcome. Yeah much healthier.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: when we look at fitness it's you know yeah. social and physical well-being if you don't have all three then you don't have them all absolutely and um yeah and, and I think at a time where I started to look at you know performance wise well I, I can't keep doing this to my body and expecting it to do this I yeah. then something clicked maybe with the long-term negative effects of it not only on on like my health mm-hmm. but also my my social okay. and my emotional like I mean you know, it was, it it was, it was hard to, it was hard to be in relationships, you know, it mm-hmm. was it, not only like, you know, you know, relationships with partners, but maybe, you know, like relationships with friends as well. You
1: know, eating out, eating out, um, just, you know, yeah, it, it kind of, it hinders you, it stops you. It's like, it's like an obstacle, you know, in the way.
0: It's like, I got this great body. Like I want to show it, but I can't go out. You know?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: nothing, not that, my body looked great at certain times, but, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, I think in, in that sense, this is where we, we differ and um is the kind of like finding that healthy balance. And the reason why you know I'm choosing my words here on finding finding that healthy balance and finding what was what felt right to me. Um, and, I'll, and, I'll, and well, you know why, but I'll, I'll tell everyone in a minute why I'm saying this is because for me, no, I had to seek professional help. So I basically, this start for me, it started in 10th grade, um, anorexia. And that, was, that stayed with me for about, I would say, a year and a half, actually, no, a bit more. No, yeah, a year and a half. And then I switched to bulimia. So it was with me 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade and then my very first year of uh, uh, undergrad so freshman year and i was i was in the us and i was um yeah i wasn't i did not have a healthy relationship with food at all like very unhealthy and i remember you know going back home for christmas uh, and i was i was very thin that was my first christmas back and i was so happy because you know i missed home i missed family i missed friends and you know like you know People who care, family, friends were like, what's going on? And I was, I was, I was a bio major, uh, when I started, then I, then I, then I loved psychology and fell for psychology and I knew what I was doing to my body. Right. And, you know, my father sat me down and he was like, listen, like, this is not working. And I mean, you need, you need help. I, you know, we, we, we no longer can see you, you do this to your body. And, um, you know, I heard residential home here from someone. And I heard kind of like semester off from someone. And that kind of like literally like shattered me from the inside because for me, again, perfectionist, no studying. No, this is my track. I don't want anything to kind of like deviate me from my path. So I actually seeked help when I went back to Boston. I was seeing a clinical psychologist, a psychiatrist, and a nutritionist. It was a struggle. Um, I remember like, I still remember that plate that you know, they give you and, and they kind of like break it down in terms of servings and you have to finish it. And then kind of like being able to, to serve myself. So it was, it, was, it was a very, 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 very painfully slow process. But I reached a point by the end of the year, I was serving myself. I was eating every, everything on my plate, right? And I was like, okay, I was able to start exercising again, which was huge for me, right? Because I was able to find that balance. So, and, it, and my, 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 my kind of like my, my, my love-hate relationship, well, actually it was a hate relationship with food, food turned into love because now I love food so much that I don't, and again, one never knows. You never know if you will relapse or not, because again, as you said, others, there is, you know, there, you know, it never, it never goes away completely. So as long as I find that balance between fitness and train, like fitness and eating healthy and training, I'm happy. But again, we're only human, and I will share something which maybe not a lot of people know. Uh, you do obviously, is that I sometimes do struggle with binge eating to date. So even, I know I love food so much, and sometimes when I'm overstressed and, I'm, and I feel like things are not going the way I want them to go, I do have my, my dips where I binge. Now, again, no comparison between, um, you know, my anorexia and bulimia and my binge eating, like it's something that I can control, my binge eating I can control, thank God, but I still do dip. Into, into those those kind of like binges from time to time. Yeah. Do they affect me? Yeah, they do affect me. I mean, I don't like it. I hate the feeling after.
2: Yeah. You know?
1: um, so, yeah. So I'm only human and I'm real. And I still do struggle sometimes with binge eating. that's everyone out there.
0: <laughs> of your face, just you said that it was like the best cover picture for this podcast. <laughs> on it. And like, yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing, you know, your, your story. It's, 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 it's not easy. And I think, like you said, it is something, I think as much as, you know, I, I want to say it, it doesn't affect me, but probably certain traits probably that I actually picked up in that time, you know, probably still are there within my life. And you like people that are nearest and dearest to the Moment, I can probably still see certain things, you know, but at that, at that level where, you know, they're one, it's not affecting, you know, my health in terms of I'm not I'm not treating my body badly mm-hmm. um, or I'm not going to massively affect like my relationships or anything like that there um, mm-hmm. what I would say is I think you know like you said like the, the personality traits that you know like whenever you whenever if someone with a mental or not mental health but with an eating disorder or anything that has that, that control the that element it's mm-hmm. almost like like for me I've kind of moved that on And I try and find other things in my life that I can, that I can control. Or like, even when it comes to fitness, I think always knowing, you know, when I'm doing something, what I'm doing, what I'm working towards, this is why I'm doing this here. Like I'm very like numbers, data, you know, this is getting better. So, you know, it's almost like where I've turned something that was, you know, unhealthy into something that's a
1: little bit healthier. Maybe you you what works for you and you have you know and you have a healthy relationship with food because you associate it with numbers I'm getting better I'm getting faster I'm getting stronger
0: yeah and I and and you kind of know like what me what and I kind of know like in life like what makes me feel bad or what makes me feel good or what you know Mm -hmm. what absolutely would scare the crap out of me like Mm -hmm. like sometimes I'm like I hate surprises so (laughs) you know if someone was to come like you know, like a friend or, or a partner came up and was just like, I'm going to surprise you and take you away for the day. I'd be like, Jesus, I haven't planned for this. <laughs> this you can't do this. And sometimes that's really hard for me because people are like, God, I'd love someone to come and just take me away for the day. And I'm like, no, because what if they come and I haven't trained? What if they come and to get up super early the next day, like, you know, like, always always in the back of my mind is sometimes like maybe even from social things as well but like i'm i'm a very early sleeper because i know that i wake up the next morning that i have to train you know and you know, yeah. need to have the energy so like you know you're, you're my friend how often would i have one doubt the engagements that lasted past midnight without me falling
1: oh i know, I know. jill come on it's early no
0: jill please no <laughs> you, guys, yeah. you guys meet up at like nine ten o'clock at night i'm like who the hell does that
1: you've been living in Saudi for how long, Jillers?
0: Well, you can, you can. Word, <laughs> you can't take the OCD perfectionist out of anybody,
2: regardless. Yeah, you of, it yeah.
0: But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like for me, um, definitely, um, just shifting that that attention to something a little bit better. Um, yeah. Whether or not I had a, like for me, I would have from, from the, the, that age. I, I I never talked about it. Very few people in my life actually know about this and I guess if anything it's kind of taken almost 18 years later where Mm -hmm. I'm like hey it it happens you know but you might not think that because hey you're in a you're in a job where Mm
2: -hmm. you know
0: you tell people about things and you know with yourself as well like you said your job as well um
1: I mean it's like you know I've been yeah, as, as, as I was, as I was telling you, like, I feel for you and I, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's,
2: um, you know, it's,
1: it's real because, you know, you being, you know, a coach and an athlete. Uh, I mean, what have you not done? <laughs> Mashallah. And then, yeah, for me, like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I work in mental health. I, yeah, I, I treat people with eating disorders. So, and in the beginning, I felt, I felt because obviously I'm also responsible, right? So for a very long time, I actually said, I'm sorry, I can't. And of course, like back then the psychiatrist knew why, right? Like my senior knew because, you know, I cannot delve into something that I'm still struggling with or I'm not sure about or I'm not sure how I feel. I know what I'm supposed to tell the person, yeah. but it's it, it just didn't feel right yeah, it, it's almost like, it's almost like,
0: like I've learned something. Okay. And this is what you should be doing, but I just don't do it because I don't believe it. Not that I don't believe in it, but I'm just like, it's like, I'm kind of different. Well, it's like, no, you're not different. You know, you're, if you keep doing this here, things are going to happen to you. No, 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 no. no, no, no I'm good. Exactly. I got it. yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah. But I think like, if you know, for, for anybody listening to this, I hope it's kind of been like a, okay, like it is, it, it is, it is okay. Whether, you know, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, if you are there and, and, and you and ha- you do have these feelings or you are going through something just because I didn't speak to anybody doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak to anybody. And just because Mona did, you shouldn't do. I mean, you have to, you have to make these decisions by yourself as well. Like for me, I know that if someone, you had to put somebody in front of me, I would have climbed up. I would have been like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like you're not talking to me. And I would have just, Resented absolutely everybody that would have wanted to try and help because I just wasn't in a position where I wanted anybody else to help me.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted,
0: to, I guess, in the end, I just wanted to do it myself. Yeah. For me.
1: And Jules, I think, I think you know, for for you, um, and I think I, it's fair to say that, well, like you were, you were lucky that it didn't reach a point where, honestly, I'm going to say it, it was too late, because this is, I mean, we all, I mean, anorexia is not a joke. And I mean, it could, I mean, it it, it is, it is detrimental. It could lead to, you know, a place no one wants to go to. And you would never want to put, I would never want to put my family through that. So if, I mean, and I I agree with you, you know, what, what worked for you was, was different than what worked for me. But I think, you know, one message that I would, like to to share with others and maybe this is me wearing my psychology hat is there's no shame in talking about it if you feel like it's suffocating you if you feel like you 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 know you're con- it's con- you're con- it's control ed it is controlling you yeah. you know there you know because you it I just I would never want someone to reach a point where it's too late because we do affect our internal organs from eating disorders oh yeah you know it starts with kind of like wanting to look good and everything but it could we're digging ourselves a a hole and if we dig really deep it could be a bit too late to pull that person out
2: yeah yeah
1: so so yeah so this whole stigma and and then also like i mean unfortunately what we see in media also plays a huge role
0: it does. And I think that's, that's one of the things that tied it is like, you know, everything's airbrushed, everyone looks perfect. But what I would say is, like, I, and, and we talked about this at the beginning as well, I, I, for me, that was never something that I actually looked at much. I mean, maybe because back then, or, you, know, you know, there wasn't the access to Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever, where you've seen all these, you know, yeah. jazzy things. But like, I do see now, and like I, I mean, I fall. I, I actually follow people that have openly shared their story, and they actually, you know, they've come through something else, and they're they're not afraid to show. Look, hey, this is how my body works, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of the time, like even whenever you're dealing with people in the gym, they're like, I just want my abs, I just want my abs, and then you try and explain, you know, the amount of sacrifice and things that you go through, and you're almost. And I often feel and maybe I'm wrong, and if anybody is into figure dieting and figure competitors and all that there, where it is very much aesthetics, like I feel that's that's a big enough um, catalyst that could just fuel things depending on what you're like as a personality, you know, and you know it's not wrong, it's not right, but you know, you're just you're just faced with more of it out there and the more things that we see, the more affected and influenced that we are, whether that's for good or not. So I would always say, you know, choose. Choose who you follow very wisely.
1: Absolutely. And Dillers, what is the common denominator here?
0: We're both amazing. Oh,
1: of course. <laughs> that goes
0: without saying. Okay, Dillers, another one. Common denominator here is, well, I, I would probably say is that we have found. I, I don't want to say a cure, but I want to say like an outlet in something very healthy. And that is, is fitness. You know, you. You've been able to because it is mental, it is mindset. It's about controlling your thoughts. Exactly. I'm able to do that, you know, yeah. by my my outlet through through fitness or doing races or anything. Yours mm-hmm. through climbing mountains
1: and running. I mean, honestly, running is my is my therapy, really. Um, again, as you said, the common denominator is fitness, healthy habits. healthy way of living
2: yeah
1: right now i mean when i when i tell people i i literally live to eat i love food i love good food i do have my binging moments which yes i'm i'm still working on but that's okay they're they're under control but i i've you know from from anorexia and bulimia to actually enjoying you know eating because i used to enjoy food i've always loved food but again you know something happened something triggered it you know I basically started digging myself a hole. Luckily that's over, but it's finding a balance. What works, what works for Joe, what works for Mona, what works for you might be different than what works for someone else.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, if, if you've got, if there are healthy markers, you know, like, phys- uh, like from a physio- physiology perspective, if things are healthy within your body, mm-hmm. you've got good relationships around you
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you wake up in 99 because no one wakes up happy no one wakes up you know filled with the joys of spring and especially now um, you know but as long as there are more times where you know things are good and you've got a positive outlook and you know knowing that the actions that you're doing are actually not going to cause any more havoc to your life I think that's the most important thing 100% Uh, yeah Yep. so yeah I mean if you know There are any take homes here? It's, I guess, that you know, it's real. It's there, and
1: it happens to the best of us, to athletes, to you know, mountaineers, to chefs, to psychologists, to psychiatrists. That could happen to anyone,
0: anybody. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't choose its victims. It. It just happens. And I think that, you know, you know, it's at different degrees of how it affects people. Um, You know, um, but it is it is okay and it is something that you can you can come through the other side if, as long as you deal with it in a way that it should should be for you exactly and however that looks but like i said don't leave it forever
1: <laughs>
0: until it's too late and, yeah. and you're
1: not alone there are people there are many people around you that are probably also struggling and as you said jillers it comes in different levels
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i think um yeah, just to kind of kind of wrap this up and on a on a leaving note, um, you know, I want to if you have made it the through this far to the end of the podcast, I want to say thank you um, that you've taken the time to listen, and you know whether it's affected you in a positive way or you know you know somebody else that would might benefit from it, please share it on. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody that wants to chat, and I think I can voice from one there too that she's the exact same.
1: Yep, I second third fourth and tenth that. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. You're not. Alone. And if anyone needs any help, I, I'm wearing my psychology cap right on, and I uh, yeah, I openly share my story right now. And every single year, I run uh, I run 24 kilometers for the two years. I had it longer than two years, but there were two specific years that I put mom and dad and my siblings through hell. So every single year, I run 24 um, kilometers uh, during um, uh, eating disorder. Day um to kind of like you know thank them for uh putting up with me for those uh two years struggle. Yeah.
2: i love
0: that yeah and again shout out to everybody that was close to me um whenever i was going through what i was going through and still being here now to sometimes have a little bit of joke or have a have a little bit of joke about it with me you know um
1: and you, this is the first time you talk about it openly
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That said, like very, very few people know, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe people did see it, but they just didn't say anything or whatever the case may be. But one of you might have, when you first met me being like, oh yeah, there's Jill. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I did. Yes. But
2: yeah. a Common trend with
0: certain uh, personalities and uh, preferences of mine. People already know. Anyway. You um, <laughs> for being so open about this today much and thank you everyone for taking the time to listen Mona thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you I hope you enjoyed the podcast um please leave any comments that you've got and like I said don't be afraid to send me a message or Mona a message um, about anything that we talked about here and possibly um Mona if she was so kind to perhaps share maybe some um, networks in Saudi um, for this particular topic that any myself any Saudi listeners could actually go to and I can link up some ones here in the UK as well
2: Thank you, dealers. Thank you.